A quick warning before we begin. Tonight, we'll be discussing domestic violence. We didn't go into too much detail on this, but if you have a past experience with domestic violence, you may want to prepare yourself a bit before listening to this episode. And if you think you're going to find the material to be too traumatizing, then you may want to skip this one. Uh, One final note, this episode is nothing like our typical show. So if you're new to our show, First off, welcome. We're so glad you found us. Now hit pause and go listen to a few other episodes before this one. In particular, check out episode 11 on Impact Play so that you know what we're talking about here. But I remember walking outside and looking around and realizing like the the world is bigger than this little space that I'm in. I wanted to figure out how to get out of where I was. Hi hotties, I'm Kat. And I'm Ams. And we're the two hot wives. So tonight we are not going to follow our standard episode format because mm-hmm. sometimes shit happens. Yeah, our original plan tonight was to just talk about impact play, dig in a little deeper. But this brought up some things for me and we thought that it was important to sort of go off course. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you want to share like just a little bit okay, of well- what... <laughs> Let's fill them in. So it deals with some past experience with domestic violence. Yeah. And it's something that I pretty much thought I had let go of. Yeah. But obviously not. <laughs> I mean, I did the homework. Yeah. I um, But I guess I didn't really do it. I kind of yeah. cheated. You cheated. I cheated. You I totally cheated. I thought I, my intention was to do it. But when I got in the situation, I just didn't give up. I didn't. I didn't do it right. I didn't do it. You didn't do <laughs> I it. I didn't do it right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, mm. when you came here to my house to record, mm-hmm. uh, you told me, like, this brought up some yeah. major negative feelings. Yeah. And we decided at the time we were just going to do what we often do, which is- Have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Turn on the microphone, mm-hmm. see what happens. And we had a, a conversation, just kind of let it flow. Right. We had no idea whether or not we were going to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we both listened to the conversation afterwards and struggled yeah. with whether or not this was something we wanted to share. Well, and I think it's it's probably clear that I, I had reluctance in, in actually really sharing the details, the details or, or you know, yeah. Yeah. You had to pull it out of me a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in researching this topic, when we were trying to decide whether or not to, we were going to use it, I found some super disturbing statistics mm-hmm. from the CDC. Essentially, one in three women, even more, right? Something like 36% of women and one in four men experience some form of violence from their intimate partner in their lifetimes. So we took that number and we realized that sadly, it's probably a lot of people out Kat's there experience that can relate <laughs> is, is probably really, really familiar for a lot of you out there. Um, and, and I just felt like it was something 
powerful for us to share because it does not define you and it does not define your sexuality, but it's there and you kind of have to work around it. So, um, Anyway, I just want to thank you for for sharing it and and for being willing to to put it out there to put it in the episode because I know that was not easy. Yeah, I wasn't really sure we were going to share this, but uh, it it is what it is. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't fit our normal episode. Like I I love that we have this upbeat, fun yeah. outlook on sex and sexuality and exploring all of these things. So you know, I don't want to. I don't want to put a damper on things with sort of a like, uh, you want to poop in the pool. No, (laughs) but I do see where it it might be helpful for some other people out there. And maybe some people can relate. Some other women can relate. Yeah. Men too. Yeah. Uh, One last note before we, we share the conversation with you. We are not experts in this. (laughs) really good at other things, but we're not therapists. Right. We don't, um, we don't have any sort of qualifications in, in mental health services. We are literally just two friends having a conversation, kind of sorting our shit out. Right. Uh, so if you find that uh, a past experience of domestic violence is holding you back in any way, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I think it's an incredibly powerful tool, and I would highly recommend um, seeking out services. It could it could be a tremendous help to you. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I think we've delayed long enough. Are you ready to share? I guess so. Okay. So let's let's set up the experience that you okay. created, right? So okay. we talked about homework. Mm-hmm. What is our homework for impact play? How are we going to share an experience with right. the listeners? And so what did you do? What how did you set up your homework? So you had a book club. <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> <had> book club. <laughs> conveniently. And um I set up, well, Mr. Cat set up a play date with Mr. Ams, Mr. Cat, and myself, right? Uh-huh. And they knew that I n- sort of needed to go through this little bit of a homework assignment mm-hmm. where I needed to experience some impact play and and some BDSM yeah. like scenarios, right? Okay. So I had done some research ahead of time as we've been doing for weeks, you know, reading erotica. Sure. Yeah. Right. So I was reading more of the BDSM erotica and I found it to be quite a turn on. Like I, I liked it. And so I went into this experience with that. Mm-hmm. A very, I, I felt positive about the experience. I was excited about it, but I was also a little nervous. And I think that both of them could tell okay. that, I was, that I was nervous Feeling about nervous. it. Feeling nervous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you were saying, I need to set up impact play, what were you telling? Were you just talking to Mr. Cat at the time or were you talking mm-hmm. to both the guys? So I was mostly talking to Mr. Cat, knowing that he was going to relay everything to, to Mr. Mr. Ams. Sure. Right. And basically, I was like, okay, I obviously I don't want to be hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't punch me. Don't in the punch face. me in the face. I didn't yeah. think I needed to say that. And actually, I don't think I really did. But I was, I mean, I know the words, right? Mm-hmm. Red light, green light. 
yellow light. Sure. So I wasn't, I wasn't worried. These are two guys that I completely trust, mm-hmm. completely. So I felt very safe with them and cared about. And so I wasn't worried about it going into it, but I was a little anxious and nervous. Okay. Because I wasn't really sure, you know, what it was all going to be about. I've been lightly spanked, but to be honest with you, the idea of being, and I say hit, yeah. the word hit. <sighs> it brings up stuff. It's not good with me. And I I didn't think about how much it was not good with me. Until you, you know, were. if if I think about being hit, I want to fucking hit back. So it 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 brings up like a fight or flight, like yeah. a fight response in yeah. you. Over the course of my life, I have I have learned to fight for myself. Mm-hmm. And so if you come at me, I'm going to hit you back. Yeah. And so when I think about being hit, it brings up a little bit of like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit you back. I didn't think about that in this instance. I've thought about this afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So this this episode and this experience has caused me to, to introspect quite a bit. Yeah. So can you tell me more about the experience itself? So it sounds like you set up an experience with Mr. Cat, you told him that you wanted to play around with impact play and maybe be like a little bit, have have the two of them be a little bit rough. Did you give him any other kind of guidance on what you wanted to experience or didn't want to experience? Did you set boundaries? Like, what did you do? Well, from experience, I know I, I do like to be restrained. Yes. Okay. And I'm I'm not damaged. You know, I sure, I, sure, sure. I get that there's a difference between sexual play mm-hmm. and true aggression. Sure, right? sure, sure. And I, I I do like being manhandled a little bit. I like sure. being tossed around. I'm a little thing and I like I like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's with someone that I trust and know that they're yes. not out to hurt me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about the experience. So yeah. first of all, I said to Mr. Cat. You know, obviously, I don't want to wear a gag. I don't want to gag. Yeah. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be um, hit hard. I want, you know, but he knew that, mm-hmm, you know, there, mm-hmm. so there wasn't any, any surprises there. So the experience itself, right? We're having dinner. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm, These guys mm-hmm. are amazing. But I felt a nervousness just because this is not something that I've experienced. Yeah, Sure. With with planning, right? Like the time that you spanked me, it was like you looked at me and goes, you know, it'd be really fun. This would be fun. You know, it'd be really fun. And I'm like, what? Like if I spanked you and we let the boys watch, I'm like, okay, let's do that. Yeah. But I, I, that wasn't, that was a spur of the moment kind of thing. This yeah. was like a planned thing. I was trying to gather information, yeah. trying to figure out, you know, what I like, what I don't like. And so I was a little nervous. Sweet, sweet guys mm-hmm. that we have. They knew that. Sure. So we had dinner and then we went up to the room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we walked into the room and, of course, they had been there earlier and they had set everything up, Aww. which was really nice. So the first thing that they did was to tie up my hands, my arms, the wrists. They had these cuffs they put around my wrist and I loved that. Sure. And they're kissing me and they're touching me. Actually, I think I, I probably took my clothes off first, but yeah. you know, okay. down to like my 
underwear. Underwear and my sexy stockings, of course, and my boots. That sounds super sexy. Because uh, that's how I roll. Yeah. Um, but then they they, ta- they they put the restraints on my wrists, and I felt kind of empowered. Okay. Like, I wasn't thinking about what this experience was about, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about oh, just being with these two guys and having fun. I knew at some point there was going to be some spanking. And yes, they were they were tying up my wrist, but that turns me on. I, I like being restrained. Yes. And so I am teasing with them, which is my nature to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I, I, I love the whole little back and forth. I like the talk. I like the dirty talk. I like, I like teasing them. Mm-hmm. And so I was teasing them. Yeah. And then they were all over me, which I love. I love yeah. the touch. That was incredible. Was there impact play involved yes. in the play? Yes. Can you tell tell us sure. a little bit more about that? So there was a point at which I was on uh, all fours mm-hmm. and they were going to spank me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I still had my hands restrained and I was like, okay, I, I was fine with that. And, and they were so good. Like they started slow. Mm-hmm. And it was a light, you know, play at first. And they were spanking me a little, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little harder each time. And I was fine with that. And I, um, there was a point at which I think I said like, yellow, yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were super responsive. I mean, they could have been better. And I remembered us talking about the fact that it's not about being hit, but about about a sensation. Right. Right. So that's what was in my head at the time. Like, this is a sensation. It's not an aggressive hitting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of that was good. Mm-hmm. But I, I realized later, like really the next day, probably that I was topping from the bottom. Yeah. 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 And I didn't think about that at the time or even directly afterwards until the next day. And I think I asked you about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I said, you know, I had so much fun last night. What did Mr. Am say? Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, yeah, he had a good time too. But he said you were topping from the bottom. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I was kind of. But I, and I had heard that term before, but I didn't really dive into what that meant. Yes. And I didn't think about ahead of time what that was or I wasn't conscious of trying not to do that or yeah. thinking about what my role was. Yeah, so let's let's elaborate on what that concept means just a little bit for people who aren't familiar with it. So with any kink that's sort of BDSM kink, there's usually some control play going on. So there's somebody in the scene who uh, has control. They're the top. They're the ones doing stuff. And then there's a bottom or the submissive, and that's the person who's having stuff done to them. And typically with kink play, you want to have a conversation ahead of time that where you kind of set the rules, like what I'm okay with, what I'm not okay with. Um, You typically want to have exclusive consent, meaning that you say, these are the five things that I'm okay with happening during this experience. Mm -hmm. And not like these are the five things I'm not okay with, right? Right. Because- there, there's a whole universe of things you may not be okay with. You don't know what you don't know. But I felt right. like we did that. I don't want to. I don't want to have a gag. But that's that. That would be non-exclusive consent, right? Saying 
these are the things I don't want to happen. Mm -hmm. So if especially the more sort of edgy mm -hmm. your play is, the more dangerous it is, the more the more you want to say, these are the only things that I am okay with happening. And then once you start the scene, if you're a submissive, you shouldn't have to control the scene anymore mm -hmm. because you've already set the rules, the things that are okay for this particular scene. Well, and I don't think I understood all of that well, because it, I felt like I, and, and to be clear, I'm, I wasn't not, I mean, everything that happened, I was okay with. totally okay with yeah. and super excited about and enthusiastically consenting to all of it. Yeah. It was afterwards that I realized like, what was that about? You know? Right. So topping from the bottom can happen under two different circumstances, mm -hmm. right? One, you didn't like set up the scene, right? So you want to make sure as the submissive that the, the, what you're experiencing is what you want to experience. So mm -hmm. it can be like lack of preparation or it can be you're not comfortable giving up control for this situation. Do you have a feeling for which one this might have been yeah, for you? Yeah, I, I think it was the second. I think mm -hmm. that I'm not super comfortable giving up control. Yeah. And I don't think I thought about that ahead of time. I didn't, it, I didn't think that was a thing. But obviously it is. Yeah. Yeah. So usually after whatever experience we have, you know, Mr. Cat and I, we're, we can't stop talking about it. You sure, know? sure. For days afterwards, we're on a high like, oh, my God, this was amazing. That was amazing. And he's wanting to talk to me all about it. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, no, I, I, I was quiet, a mm -hmm. little more quiet than usual. And he could tell that I was in my head about stuff. I was still feeling like, huh, what's What's I going don't, on? I don't know what's going on in my head about this. And I realized that I don't I don't know that I'm super comfortable with giving up control and trying yeah. to figure out what that what's that about. Well, and you don't have to, right? Like I think there is this sort of traditional idea that women are submissive and men are dominant, and that's just sort of the way that it is. But of course, there are plenty of women out there who enjoy taking on a dominant role, and there are a shit ton of men who would love to take a submissive role. So all of it's normal mm -hmm. and fine. But do you think coming out of this experience, you're like, hmm, I'm not a sub, like the, I, I do not have a submissive personality and that's not what turns me on or what, what were you? I didn't feel that way. Okay. So what did you feel? It's a, it's a weird, I don't know, something about being hit, being yeah. struck, it, it triggers something for me. And I think, you know, I, I, I didn't think. It's Okay. It's a, something that. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know, it's a. It's not something that I think about very often. Mm -hmm. But when I think about like giving up control, what's that about? I don't think it comes from a really super healthy place. I mean, I. Um, I'm in a great place now, and so I don't think about it very often. I have, I mean, I, I have the life. It's, I, I'm. But you got here through a journey, right? right? Like a lot of things happened over the years to get you where you're at. And I don't think you regret any of that. Mm -hmm. But is there a particular experience that like this 
event reminded you of or triggered? I think the fact that I don't like to give up control Mm -hmm. made me start to think about why that is. Mm -hmm. And growing up, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of control over my own life, right? And um, early on, I... Whatever you want to share or not share. I know. Hold on a second. Uh, So in high school, you know, I had a boyfriend who wasn't super nice. Nice. And I think, you know, he had his own thing going on. And so you don't need to make excuses for him. You don't No, But like, seriously, if he was an an asshole to you or abusive to you, you don't need to make excuses for what was going on in his life. So I really didn't expect to share like this. It's something that's, uh, I really didn't think was a, an issue with me anymore, really. But he was abusive. I'm so sorry. It's really something that I didn't think I was holding on to anymore. And probably I'm really not. But just this experience just brought it up for me. Yeah. And I remember, you know, being hit. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in that moment, like where I grew up was not like, you know, uh, white picket fences and super happy suburbia. You yeah. Know? I grew up in a broken home. Yeah. And not in a great area. I mean, we hung out at the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I I I think about um it was, it was it was rough. Yeah. And I don't know that I felt so worthy and loved and cared for. Yeah. And so I think that I probably put up with things that I should not have. I look back and wish that I hadn't been so weak, that I had been stronger to be like, I don't need to put up with this. Fuck yeah. you. And done away with that. But I, you know, someone was paying attention to me. Yeah. And someone was caring about me, seemed like, at least to me. And so, you know, I clung to that. And uh, I think it seemed like it was a good thing in the beginning. You know, it, it someone's giving me their attention. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you together with the guy? <sighs> Three years. Three years. Well, it was, I, I think I was a junior in high school when I met him. And at that time, I hadn't had a real serious boyfriend. Sure. Right? And so here this guy was giving me his attention, attention that I was lacking at home. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had a dad in my home since I was eight. Mm-hmm. Did the relationship start pretty normal and loving? Yeah. yeah. So when did it get abusive? Probably at least a year into it. Mm. And so, you know, by that time I probably I I think I was pretty attached. Yeah. You know, I I hadn't had that kind of attention mm-hmm. in my own family. 
Was it, was it a sexual relationship, I'm assuming, not, three years? Not at first. Um, well, yeah. I mean, yes, it was. It became sexual, of course. Mm-hmm. Not super, like, exciting or yeah, well, fulfilling. I mean, it was high, high school, school sex. So, you know, fucking sucks. Yeah, but I was a I was a virgin. So he was your first. He was my first. Ooh, yeah. And the abuse was it? Did it happen outside of the bedroom or in yeah. the bedroom? No, it was outside. That so was outside the yeah. bedroom. It, and it was it was minor to start with. Sure. You know, it was a, a something small at first, and then it accelerated, but it never got. I mean, I never. There were no outside signs that anyone else could see. So he wasn't hitting your face. Right. He didn't leave bruises. <laughs> what was he, you guys would get like in a fight or what would trigger it? Oh, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be something very simple. Like um, he wanted me to give him a back rub and I was tired and didn't want to, or I needed to go home because mm-hmm. it was past my, you know, it was time. Curfew. Yeah. It was like coming up on a curfew time. And he saw that as like, I didn't care. Mm. And so got controlling. Angry. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Did now I'm not an expert, right? But but there's like a cycle of abuse, mm-hmm. right? Where it builds up and it builds up and then there's an an a, an event, an abusive event, and then there's this remorse and kind of Always. honeymoon period mm-hmm. where there's a lot of love and affection yep. and so was it following yeah, that cycle? Absolutely. Looking back, of course. And his family was really messed up. To begin with, like I and I knew that, and I think I felt like I, I, I could rescue him, oh, or yeah. you know, like he was he was from a family that was messed up to begin with. Like his his mother had passed away mm. before mm. I met him, probably a year before I met him, mm-hmm. and his dad was an alcoholic. He was like a broken little bird and you were going to fix his wings. Right. And so when he lashed out, that was understandable because Mm. of where he came from. And I just thought that he just needed love and attention. And I was willing to give that. Yeah. Fucked up. (sighs) And so probably I forgave yeah. All of those little things and, and they got bigger, bigger and, bigger. and bigger. Yeah. So what was like the last straw for you? Did you break it off ultimately? I did. I did. Was it um, because of the abuse? Oh yeah. Well, I real I, I think over time I stopped caring about the reasons why he was acting the way he was. I I, I think for a long time I thought about, you know, his broken life. Mm-hmm. Kind of like my broken life. Mm-hmm. And wanting to help him and thinking that we would help each other. Sure. You know, that romantic idea that, you know, somehow you're going to make each other okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, over time, I just realized like the world is bigger than this little space that I'm in. So what was the last draw for you? What was the, the, was there a moment where you're like, fuck this, I can't do this anymore? Or was it more gradual? I think there was a moment where um, he hit me on my head and I saw stars. And I realized, like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. And um, 
I never made a big deal out of anything at the time. Sure. Because I didn't want to escalate anything. But I remember walking outside and looking around and realizing like the the world is bigger than this little space that I'm in. Mm. And I, I wanted to figure out how to get out of where I was. So I just started thinking about, okay, how do I de-escalate things and get out of here without making it a big war? Mm-hmm. 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 You were planning your exit strategy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a one day I just yeah. walked out. I was it was a it was a gradual thing. Yeah, because you had to do it in a way that wasn't yeah. gonna trigger a huge <sighs> that's so fucked up. I'm so I sorry. I haven't thought about this in so long, honestly. Like it's not something that I ever thought would come up to bother me or think about but i think it kind of molded mm-hmm. my reaction to certain things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you feel a bunch of shame about it i do but you shouldn't why did i let that why did i accept that because you were a kid uh, you were a kid oh, all right but yeah i get that now i can see that now but at the time, I felt ashamed, of course. I didn't want to tell anybody about anything that had happened because why did I let that happen? Why did I let that continue? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Well, yeah. Yeah. How fucked up is that? It's, you know, <laughs> sure, yes, it's fucked up, but it's also so many people's experience, so many women's experience. <sighs> You are not alone in having that in your background, in your history. And I think you're so fucking brave for sharing Uh, it. Well, I wasn't sure that I was going to, really, because I don't like that person. You don't like the person you were with or you don't like the person you were at the time? Yeah, I don't like the person I was with. Mm-hmm. And part of me um, doesn't like the person that let that happen, right? Yeah. Why did I let that happen? I mean, I can rationalize all the things, you know, but in the end, like, it doesn't feel good. No. So this project, yeah, this particular subject, I really wasn't expecting to feel like this. I'm, I'm not completely damaged. I mean, I haven't thought about this in a really long time. Like, to be honest, like, this is like, it was weird that this all came up because I wasn't expecting to feel like this. Yeah. I'm, I've come a long way. I mean, I'm. (sighs) Our history is exactly that. It's history, right? You can't change it. Mm -hmm. It happened. You are where you're at now in part because of your history. Like, your strength, your ability to be an amazing wife and mother and business owner, some of that comes from your adversity, right? The things that happened that fucking sucked. Not that that makes it less painful and awful, but I think there's there's value in 
examining some of the things that happened in the past that maybe you compartmentalize and Mm -hmm. kind of put in a little box and forget about and say, yeah, this happened and it fucking sucked and it wasn't fair, right? Like, yeah. And take the power away from it. I thought I kind of, I thought I had done that. Like I, I'm in such a better, better place. Yeah. Like I don't think about it really. I don't. Sure. So for this to all come flooding forward seemed odd to me. And, and Mr. Cat, you know, he said to me, you know, you, you don't like being, you don't, you like being in control. You don't like being out of control. And I had to think about that. He's right. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like being out of control. <laughs> yeah. That's why I own my own business. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And when I feel like I'm being threatened, my first reaction is to just to fight, fucking fight back. And yeah, I can see where an experience like that, where you're playing around with impact play, would would trigger old memories, old experiences, and maybe there's some value in exercising those demons. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. You know, I and I still want to explore the idea of being submissive because mm-hmm. I I do I do like being devoured and mm-hmm. being like I like being tied down. I like being I like being restrained. I I like being manhandled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel safe with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cat certainly, Mr. Ams for sure. And maybe that's where I'm going to keep that. Sure. But I, I, so I'm not completely, you know, close-minded to the idea, but I kind of get why I haven't sought it out until now. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a part two to this story. I feel, well, so this is such a meaty topic. Impact play, power exchange. I think there's so much we can talk about. I think we're going to need a second episode to kind of dig into a lot of the stuff we haven't had a chance to to talk about, but I'm curious, like if we were to go deeper into this, would you want to explore the more submissive, the more bottom experience of impact play, or would you want to flip that dynamic a little bit and play around with, with, uh, the more dominant role and maybe being the, the giver of that experience and see if that feels more empowering to you. So I, I don't want to just go into the dominant side of things yeah. without exploring this Issue. submissive part because yeah. why, why am I, you know, I want to, I want to just, I want to rid myself of this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am interested to explore a little bit more yeah. on this side of things. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that I need to do a little research. A little more research. A like, little sexy research. Uh, well, you know, uh, listening to erotica, reading erotica yeah. isn't enough. Yeah, no. That's, that's one takeaway I would say, like one thing that I've learned mm-hmm. in this experience is that just, you know, listening to erotica on the BDSM side is not enough research. Okay. I need to dive a little deeper into that. And maybe I need to have like a list of things that are okay and a list of things that are not okay. Yeah. Maybe I do need to set my control from the beginning so that I can give up control during the experience. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that's really interesting. I think if 
if I may, let's let's set up some homework, right? <laughs> let's take this to a second episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I'm a classic sub. I would love to be a, a dom. Mm-hmm. I just don't <laughs> have it in me. I, I, I think I might have that in me. Yeah, you might. Or you might be what's called a switch, right? Somebody right. who really enjoys both the submissive role and the dominant role. Um, but let's plan for the next episode to have an impact play experience, but really set it up from the submissive perspective. Mm -hmm. These are the things I'm okay with. These are the things I'm not okay with and see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Does that sound cool? Yeah, I think that sounds, I think that sounds good because I'm not afraid. I don't think you're, I mean, I'm I'm not, I think you're brave. (laughs) I don't know about that. I, 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 I was not expecting the response, all of this to come up. Like I was, trying to put down my thoughts like in words like on paper and yeah. I, I I found myself getting very emotional about the whole thing yeah, and I yeah, thought yeah. that I was completely past all of that no and I feel lucky and blessed and so excited that sometimes I feel guilty it's like survivor guilt oh it's bullshit like I I never think of myself as a f- survivor I I don't like that at all because that means that I'm still a victim I don't want to be that. I make a better life for myself. But but I, maybe there's stuff to just work through. Maybe. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. I thought with I had done that. We're all a work <laughs> in progress, you know? We're, our, we're all just walking the path and we haven't figured it all out. And that's okay. I don't like to show weakness. I feel like I've done whatever to be strong and i don't like to show weakness but we are <laughs> we're really delicate oh, creatures right God. even no matter how strong oh. like a stiff breeze and we're done like that's human nature but in this half of my life, I'm a fucking badass. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. So to dwell on things that have happened in the past oh, pisses me off. I get it. I don't want to spend one moment even dwelling on anything from that part of my life because I'm so past that. I'm in a, such a good place. And I, I almost feel like shame on me for even going there because there are people who are really suffering still. Like- from sure. things that they have had happen in the past, and they've had a, maybe like worse things than have that that have happened to me. Like the things that have happened to me. Like I, yes, it is a luxury <laughs> to be able to look back at the hurts of the past and revisit them and move past them and reconcile them. That is a luxury that you can take when your life is in a good place. Yeah. If you are in the middle of chaos, you you don't have the time or the energy or the effort yeah. or the money or whatever to do that. But just accept the fact that you're in a really good place in your life and you can work on the stuff that fucked you up in your childhood. I guess I, I sometimes feel guilty for even thinking about it because I'm so lucky. We don't have to play misery roulette. Just because kids are starving in Africa does not mean that you weren't hurt by experiences you had as a kid. Well, I'm talking about all of this right now. It's it's okay, but I'm not going to be talking about this next week. You don't have to. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done after this because I I don't want to – I don't – 
I don't want to give it any space in my head to continue to bother me. Or to- my advice, my completely inexperienced, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night <laughs> advice is mourn, mourn for that experience, right? Let, let the cycle take its course, right? Say, this happened and it was really fucked up and I'm angry and upset that it still has some impact on my life. Because if you pretend that it doesn't, it's like an injury with a scar (laughs) and you find yourself sort of moving in a different way because you've got that scar tissue. And if you just ignore it, you keep bumping into that scar tissue and it's painful. It's like, look, your body has to move in a slightly different way because you've got the scar tissue or you really dig into that shit and try to get rid of it. If you have the time and the space and the emotional effort, you can leave it be, you can work around it and that's fine. But if this is a good time to kind of dig into it, do that. I don't want to give it any more of my time. That's your choice. Yeah. That's your choice. If it feels good to acknowledge it, to mourn that experience because you never gave yourself the time to mourn it and say, you know, somebody hurt me and it caused negative impact in my life and that fucking sucks and I'm so angry and hurt and just let that run its course, then it you may find it no longer has any power over you. Whereas if you just put it back in a box... You keep tripping over that box. Maybe so. I just don't want to keep dwelling on it. Like I want to just – my life is so different now. Sure. I- it's okay to be both. It's okay to be awesome and successful and and also know that shit happened in your past. If you want to work on it, you can. You have the luxury of being able to work on it now. If you want to put it back in the box and not examine it anymore – that's okay too. Everyone deserves a relationship free from abuse. If you or someone you love is the victim of domestic violence, you can get anonymous, confidential help 24-7 from the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. We've included a link to their website in our show notes, along with numerous resources on how to reclaim your sexuality after abuse.